So, welcome to the Gemara Rosh Hashanah Shia in the Mizrahi Bet Midrash, coming to you from Melbourne, Australia. And we find ourselves on Kaf Zion Omad Aleph, just where it gets wide, the two dots in the first wide line. And we return to what the Mishnah was talking about, where it said, Ubataniyot Bashel Zacharim Kafufim Upiv Matsupa Kesef. On fast days, they would blow trumpets, sorry, they would blow shofrot of um, uh, ram's horns, which were uh, uh, curly, they were bent, and the mouth would be covered with silver. So the Gemara says, So there on Rosh Hashanah, we were told that um, in the context in which we're learning about, which I'll leave for the Gemara to decide in a moment, the mouth of the shofar was covered with gold, but now on fast days, the mouth of the shofar is covered with silver. So why have we switched from gold to silver? And the answer is, well, there's two answers. Ibayat Eimah, called Kinufa de Kesev Habe. You could say every gathering and uh, blowing the trumpets on the um, uh, fast days is to gather the people together was done with silver. Dichtib, because it says, Kesev. Moshe was told to make two trumpets of silver, which were used explicitly to gather the people. So that's one answer. And the other answer is, the Torah has regard, the Torah takes, has mercy on the money of Jewish people. In other words, it doesn't ask us to spend too much money. Um, the classic example, which is the source for all this, is when if a house has got sarat, then the objects inside the house are em- taken out of the house before the Kohen comes and declares the house to be Tameh, and thereby the objects inside the house are saved from being considered Tameh and the monetary loss that that might involve. So we know that the Torah is Chasa al-Mamon shal Yisrael. And that's why it says, in this we can manage with silver, we don't have to go to gold. But in which case, Hatam nami na'avit to Kesef. There, on the other one, we should make it out of silver. In other words, on Rosh Hashanah, if Torah chasa amaman shel Yisrael, if the Torah is concerned about the money of the Jewish people, then why did it tell us to use gold on Rosh Hashanah? It should have told us to use silver. And the answer is, afilo hachi kavod yom adif. Even so, even though Torah chasa amaman shel Yisrael, the honor of the festivals is, takes priority. And we use gold on Rosh Hashanah. Rav Papa Bashmur sova lama'avid uvda kumatnitim. So Rav Papa Bashmur wanted to do like it says in the Mishnah. In other words, to have gold on the shofar, and I presume to have chatzotzrot as well. Amar le Rava, lo amru elabam mikdash. Rava said, no, no, the Mishnah is only talking about what happened in the Bet Mikdash. That's where you had the shofar coated in gold. Tanya nami hachi, we've learned the same thing in a brighter. Bama devorim amorim, in with what is relate, these words, in relation to what are these words said, b'mikdash. In the Bet Mikdash, Avab Gavulim, but in uh, outside the Bet Mikdash, Mokom Shish Chatzotzrot, Ein, Ein Shofar. Oh, sorry, in a place where there is trumpets, there is not Shofar, Mokom Shish Shofar, Ein Chatzotzrot. In a place where there is a Shofar, there aren't trumpets. In other words, on the day of trumpets, i.e., the fast days, you don't blow the Shofar, and on the day of the Shofar, i.e., Rosh Hashanah, you don't blow the trumpets. Rabbi Chalifta B'Tzipori also was accustomed, like Rav Papa B'Shmur, to do the whole thing with the shofar and the trumpets. For Rabbi Chanina ben Tarjion B'Sichnai, and Rabbi Chanina ben Tarjion did the same thing in Sichnai. 
And when word came to the sages that this was being done, Omru lo bilvad. They said that this only applied, having the shofar and the trumpets, in the eastern gate on Har Habayit alone, i.e. at the Beit Migdash. Amar Rava, v'itemur of Yeshua ben Levi, Maikra. Rava, and some says Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, said, what is the scriptural source for this idea? Dichtiv, because it says, v'chatzatzrot v'kol shofar hariah livnei Hashem, livnei ha-melech Hashem. Uh, the pasuk that we say um, on Rosh Hashanah, with the trumpets and the voice of the shofar, you will make the sound before the King God. And we learn from that, Lifnei HaMelech Hashem, In front of the King Hashem, i.e. at the Beit Mikdash, that's where you need both trumpets and the sound of the shofar. Aval Ba'alma, but anywhere else, lo, that doesn't apply. Then we say in the Mishnah, Shava Hayovel Rosh Hashanah Lefikiyah Ulebrachot. In the Yovel year, on Yom Kippur, we would blow the shofar in the same way as we do on a regular Rosh Hashanah. And, says the Mishnah, we would say the brachot, i.e. the Amida, essentially, on Rosh Hashanah, on Yom Kippur, would be the same as the long, special Amida with Malchiot, Tifronot, and, and Shofarot that we have on Rosh Hashanah. That's what the Mishnah says. Like whom do we follow when we daven today, when we say the words on Rosh Hashanah, This is the day of the beginning of your work, a memory of the first day. Like whom are we following? We're following like Rabbi Eliezer. Do you remember Rabbi Eliezer who had an argument with Rabbi Yeshua about when the world was created? Rabbi Yezah was the one that Amar Batishri Nivraha Olam. He was the one who said well, the world was created in Tishri, and therefore we're following his opinion when we say in the Rosh Hashanah Davening that today is the beginning of the work of creation. Meitev Rav Ina. Meitev Rav Ina brought a, a contradiction to this, a challenge to what we've just said, because he quoted the Mishnah that says, Shavel Yovel the Rosh Hashanah, the Tekiah Ulabrachat. He said, the Mishnah says, that you have the same on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur of Yovel in both Tekiah and in Brachot, i.e. the words of the Amidah. And if you say that we follow Rabbi Eliezer and we include the words, then that's going to apply on Rosh Hashanah and it's not going to apply on Yom Kippur because Yom Kippur is not the anniversary of the beginning of the creation of the world. And therefore, there's going to be a difference in the brachot between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, contrary to what the Mishnah says. But the answer is given, Kikatani Ashara. When we said that in the Mishnah, we were talking about all the rest, the rest of the brachot, but we weren't worried about this particular pasuk, which is different between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Rav Shishai bereid Rav Idi matni hachi. Now, Rav Shishi learns the same thing, but in a slightly different way. Am Rav Shmuel by Yitzchak, Rabbi Shmuel ben Yitzchak says, Haditnan Shava Hayovel Rosh Hashanah Letkiel Bracha Kaman. Whom is the Mishnah following when it says that the Yovel, sorry, the, the uh, Yom Kippur of the Yovel and Rosh Hashanah are the same for the Tekiah and for the Brachot? Kiman, who's that following? Deloka Rebeliezer, not like Rebeliezer. Dei Rebeliezer, because if it were like Rebeliezer, Kevon Damat Tishri Petishri Nivraha Olam. 
since he is one of the opinion that the world was created in Tishri, Ha'icha, then you would say in the davening, Zehayom Tekedat Masecha Zichron Liom Rishon, Debar Rosh Hashanah. Itya will be over later. That would be the case on Rosh Hashanah, and it wouldn't be the case on Yovel, on Yom Kippur of the Yovel. It's exactly the same question, but it's asked the other way around. We started by saying, um, whom are we following when we daven and we say today is the anniversary of creation? We're following Rebbe Liezer, and then we brought the Mishnah as a contradiction to that. This time we're bringing the Mishnah, and we're saying the Mishnah cannot follow Rebbe Liezer because if it did, there would be a contradiction to the Mishnah because the davening of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur would be different. So two approaches to exactly the same contradiction. And the answer is the same. Kikatani Ashara. When we learned it in the Mishnah, we were talking about the other things in the brachas of Rosh Hashanah, not about that one particular puzzle. Now we turn to a new Mishnah. And I regret, uh, I actually planned to bring a chauffeur as a sort of prop to demonstrate some of the things in the Mishnah, but I didn't. Sorry. So you'll have to use my imagination and your imagination. Chauffeur shenistak. So we're going to learn about chauffeurs which get broken or various other things happen to them. A chauffeur which is cracked. Vadavku, and it was then stuck together again. Pasul, it is pasul. Divak shifre shofrot, and if you put little bits of broken shofar together, it's pasul. Nikav, if the shofar were perforated with a hole, the satma, and you stop, stop up the hole. Imma akev et atakia pasul. If what you have done affects or, or um, uh, somehow gets in the way of blowing the shofar, it's pasul. But in love, kosher. But if not, it's still kosher. What exactly is meant by getting in the way of, we'll learn a little bit in the Mishnah, in the Gemara, although not that much. There is a Machlokit Roshonim, whether the problem is the hole, or the problem is stopping up the hole. Because either way, you can affect the sound of the tekiah. But if the sound of the tekiah is affected, then it's not kosher. Next case. We actually had this last night, because it was quoted in a different context. Someone who blows the shofar into a pit, or letocha dut, or into a system, or letocha pitam, or into a large barrel. Im kol shofar shema. If the person listening heard the sound of the shofar itself, yatsa, he's fulfilled his obligation. The im kol havara shema. But if he heard the sound of the echo, lo yatsa, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. V'chein. And then we have a similar case. Misha haya over achurei beit haKeneset. Somebody who's passing behind a shawl, or shahaya beitol somach lebeit knesset, or his house was next to the shawl, the shama kol shofar, and he heard the sound of the shofar. It's quite nice having a house next to the shawl. It means you don't have to go to shawl in Rosh Hashanah because you can just stay at home in bed and hear the sound of the shofar. Are you yotze? Well, maybe. Vechem, or sorry, or shahaya. Where we go? Or kol megillah, or you heard the sound of the megillah which is another thing that you normally go to shul to hear. So if you were behind the shul, or you were in your house next door, and you heard the sound of the Megillah, are you Yotze? And in both cases we say, Im kivain libo, if you had intention, you had kavana of your heart, Yotze, then you are Yotze, you have fulfilled your obligation. In other words, you hear the sound of the shofar, and you say, ah, I am now fulfilling the mitzvah of listening to the shofar, then you're Yotze. The imlav, Lo yatsa, but if you didn't have that kavana, you are not yatsa. 
So you can have two cases, two people. One listens to the shofar and the other also listens to the shofar. This one had the intention to fulfill the mitzvah. But the other one didn't have the intention to fulfill the mitzvah. So even though they're hearing exactly the same thing, one is Yotze and one is not. Okay, so the Gemara talks about lots of things that you can do to a shofar. Some of which are good, some of which are not so good. Tana Rabbanan, our rabbis taught in Abraisa, Aruch, if it was long, the Kitzro, and you made it short, kosher, that's still kosher. Gardo, if you scraped uh, the surface, either from the inside or the outside, as we will see, the Hemido al Gildo, and you just left it with a very thin um, surface, because you've scrooped everything else out, kosher, that's still kosher. Tzipiho Tzaha, if you coated it in gold, Bimkom Hanachat Peh, in the place where you put your mouth, puzzle. That's puzzle because you're not blowing the shofar, you're blowing the gold. But if you put the gold not in a place where your mouth goes, kasha. That is still kasha. If you coated it with gold from the inside, puzzle. That's puzzle because when you blow it, what the sound that comes out will not just be the shofar, but the sound of the gold as well. If you put it outside, the gold outside, im kolo. If it changes the sound from what it was originally, and that will mean that you're hearing the sound of the shofar plus the gold, pasul, it's pasul, ve'imlav, kasher. And if not, it's kasher, and you'll be, you can be yotze. Nikav, if it got a hole in it, the sitmo, and you plugged it up, we saw this in the Mishnah, if that prevents the tekia, pasul, that's pasul, ve'imlav, kasher. But if not, it's kosher. Next case, Natan Shofa Vato Shofa. You put a Shofa inside a Shofa. So you have one that was quite broad and you had another one which was quite narrow which fitted snugly inside. And you blew. Im Kol Penini Shema Yotza. If you heard the voice of the inner one, then you're Yotza. Ve'im Kol Chitzon Shema Lo Yotza. But if you heard the voice of the outer one, you're not Yotza because you're blowing effectively the outer one because that's the one where the sound comes out, but you're blowing through the inner one. So the inner one is a chatzitza, it's a separation between you and the shofar which you're actually blowing. And that's why you're not yotze. Tan Rabban, another b'risa says, Gardu, you scraped it, ben bimifnim bimibuchutz, whether inside or outside, kasha. It's kasha. Gardu vehemido al gildo, you scraped it so much that all that was left was the very thin shell, it's still kosher. Heneach shofar betok shofar, you put a shofar inside a shofar, im kol panini shema yatsa, im kol chitzon shema lo yatsa. Just like we said before, repeated in this b'risa, that if you heard the sound of the inner one, then il yatsa. If you heard the sound of the outer one, you're not yatsa. Havcho v'taka bo. If you inverted it and you blew through the other end, we'll see how that works in a minute, lo yatsa. You're not yatsa. Amar papa, lo teima da haficha kakatuna. Don't say that we're talking about you turned it inside out like you do to a shirt. What happened was you, you heated the shofar up so it becomes pliable and you expanded the narrow end and you narrowed the wide end. Um, and you, that's when it says you're not Yotze. So you ended up with like a good shofar. It was just like the other way around to how it started. And you're not Yodse. Why not? My timer, what's the reason? Kudarav Matna. Like Rav Matna says, to Amar Rav Matna, 
It says about the sound of the shofar in the machana, uh, in the camp, was past. So what does it mean, past? So the drasha on that is We need it in the way that it passes. In other words, when it's still attached to the animal, one end is narrow and one end is wide. That's how the shofar has to stay in order to be used. So if you widen the narrow end and broaden the, uh, and, sorry, and, and narrow the wide end, you are not using the shofar in the way that it originally passed before you when it was attached to the animal, and that's why you're not yotze. Going back to the Mishnah. Divek shivrei shofrat pasul. If you stuck together bits of a shofar, it's pasul. Tana Rabbanan, we learned in Abraisa, Hosif alav kol if you added anything to the shofar um, by way of sticking it together, if there was more than you started with, so you've got extra material there in the shofar, ben bemino, whether you added an extra bit of shofar, ben shalom bemino, or you added a different material, puzzle, it's still puzzle. Next case, nikev vasatmo, if there was a hole and you plugged it in, ben bemino, ben shalom bemino, puzzle. Whether you use chauffeur material or a different material to plug the hole, that's possible. But Rabbi Natan Omer, Bamino Kasha, Shlobamino Pasal. Rabbi Natan disagrees with the first opinion and says if you use chauffeur, it's kosher. If you use something else to plug the hole, it's puzzle, it's not kosher. Uh, then we said, let's analyze what we've just said. Bamino kosher. Rabbi Natan says if you use chauffeur material, then it is kosher. I'm a Rabbi Yochanan, but Rabbi Yochanan qualifies that. And he says, rovo. And that's as long as the majority remains unaffected. So you've got a hole, you plugged it with the same, with shofar. It's kosher, says Rabbi Natan. But Rabbi Yochanan says, as long as the majority is unaffected. Now, Rabbi Yochanan says that. In the case where Rabbi Natan allows you to plug the hole with shofar material. Michlal, now that implies the shalobamino, if you plug it with non shofar material, even though the majority remained, it's still puzzle. So, Rabbi Yochanan says he's, he's qualifying the heta, which itself is only one opinion in the Brisa. Rabbi Natan says you can use shofar material to plug the hole. But Rabbi Yochanan says that's as long as the majority of the shofar is unaffected. And that implies that if you use non-shofar material to plug the hole, it's possible even if the majority of the shofar is unaffected. Now, sorry, there are those who learn Rabbi Yochanan's comment in a different way, a safer applying to the second part of the b'risa. Namely, when Rabbi Natan says, Shalom b'minul possible. Rabbi Natan said, if you use non-shofar material to plug the hole, it's possible. And according to this second way of learning, along comes Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, the Husha Niftach Rovo. And that's if, it's possible, if the majority of the shofar was opened by the hole. So instead, previously, Rabbi Yochanan was qualifying the heter, the permission, making it a bit stricter. Now he's qualifying the, um, the prohibition. He's saying the prohibition only applies under the following circumstances, which means if those circumstances aren't there, the prohibition doesn't apply. So according to this way of learning, Rabbi Yochanan is qualifying the prohibition and therefore is more lenient. 
So he says that when Rabbi Natan says, if you use non-shofar material to plug the hole, it's possible. Am Rabbi Yochanan v'hushen nifchat rovo. That's when the majority has been reduced. The majority has been affected. Michlal. And that implies to Bamino, if you use shofar material, even the majority has been affected, been reduced. Kasha, it is still Kasha. So we don't resolve those two. They're just two ways of learning. We leave it to the Roshonim to see which one we take as Halacha. Uh, the first one, by the way. Um, yeah. Next case. Tzipuro Zahav, if you coated it with gold, Mibifnim Pasel, if it, from with inside it's possible, mibachutz outside, imnishta ne kolo. If the voice, uh, the sound of the shofar is changed, mikamat shahaya from what it was before, pasul. It's pasul v'im lav kasha. That's what we just said in the brisa. Next case, nistak. If it was cracked la orcho along the length of the shofar. This is why I really needed the prop. But the whole length from you know mouth end to um, wide end is cracked. Then it's pasul. But Larochvo, but if it's cracked round the, the, the width of the shofar, it's not necessarily kosher, apostle. Now, the point is, if it's cracked along the length, you've got nowhere have you got a working shofar. A working shofar obviously is, is round and is un, unbroken all the way round. But if it's cracked along its length, you haven't got a working shofar. What about if it's cracked round its side? Have you got a working shofar? Well, yes, and that would be okay. If there's a remaining enough of the shofar before you get to the crack, that is called the shear tekiah, the length of what you need for a tekiah. So imagine a shofar which is like that shape, narrow bit, wide bit. If the crack is round the side, but there's enough shofar here which is called still got the shear tekiah, then that is kosher. But what is the shear tekiah? I think that's the next question. The imlav parcel, but say if it hasn't got the shear, the amount that you need for the tekiah, it's parcel. The kama shear tekiah. By the way, if we're right in sort of in the middle of the wide section towards the end of the line, how much is this amount for tekiah? Perish Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel explained, it's enough that you can hold the shofar in your hand, the yire lekanu lekan, and you can see a bit of shofar on either side. So the minimal length of a shofar is about that long. Then we say, Hayakolo duck or ava or tsarur. If the sound of the shofar was very thin or very thick, coarse, or tsarur, or it sounded very dry, kasha, it's kosher. Shakol hakolot kasherin, because all sounds are kosher, the shofar of the shofar. I have to say, I'm reminded of something a teacher once told me many, many years ago, that on Rosh Hashanah people have a habit of saying, ah, he blew the shofar so beautifully, it came out with such a nice sound. Well, maybe it did, and maybe it didn't, but halakhically, the quality of the sound doesn't matter at all, as we just learned here. It can sound really nice, it can sound really not nice, it's perfectly fine. But the only thing that matters, and matters a lot, is the length of the notes, the tekir, the shvar, and terur, which we will get to later. But the sound, beautiful sound, not beautiful sound, from a halachic perspective, matters not a jot. They sent a question to Avur the Shmuel, the father of the Shmuel. And the question was, Kidchu, if you pierced the shofar, uh, 
and you blew it, yatsa. Yeah, sorry, if you made a hole in it, that's the point. If you made a hole in it and you blew it, you're yotzer. Peshitta, isn't that obvious? All shofrot, they've made a hole in it. Where did they make a hole in the shofar? The end. At the end. Well, which end? The blowing end. Okay, so a shofar comes from a horn of an animal. And it sits on the animal's head like that. And you've got the wide end at the head. And you've got the narrow end at the other end. And it's solid. And in order to make it blowable, obviously you have to put a hole in the end. So what's the Kiddush? Obviously, it's got, if you've got a hole in the end, it's kosher. Omar Ravashi, Ravashi said that what they said was the following. They pierced it in its bony bit. Now, the, when the chauffeur is attached to the animal, it's solid. It's got bone all the way inside. What the chauffeur maker does is they scoop out all the bone just to leave the outer surface, the outer shell, if you like. What happens if they didn't scoop out the bone, but they just made a hole in it, a hole that you could blow through? That's what they're talking about. And there they're saying that that's what's kosher. So if you had a chauffeur full of solid bone, but you pierced it, you made a hole from one end to the other so you could blow a sound, it's still kosher. Mahu mm-hmm. What might you have thought? Why do we need to be told this? You might have thought, min b'mino chotzetz, that the, the shofar material, or in this case the bone, which is the same as the shofar material, because when they're on the head of the goat, they're exactly the same thing. Um, you might have thought that that represents a chatzitza. You might, like we said before, with a chauffeur inside a chauffeur, doesn't uh, blow in a kosher fashion, because it, you know, if you're hearing the outer chauffeur, the inner chauffeur is a chatzitza. It's an interruption. It's something in the way between the blower and the chauffeur, which is making the sound. So you might have thought that if you have a chauffeur, which is still full of bone, even though it's the same species, the same material as the chauffeur itself, as the outside, you might have thought that's a chatzitza. It's a separation between the blower and the chauffeur. Kamash Malan, this comes to teach you that it's not. The next case in the Mishnah. habor or hadut. You blew into a pit or into a cistern. And we've learned that it's not... Well, no, we learned that if you hear the sound of the shofar, it's kosher. If you hear the sound of the echo, it's not. Says the Gemara. Amar Huna. Lo shana otana omdim al safat habor. This point that if they heard the sound of the echo, they're not yotzei only applies to those who are standing, listening, on the edge of the pit. So the blower of the shofar is inside the pit. The shofar's inside the pit. There's a reason why I say that. And the shofar is, the guy is blowing. And the people outside the pit, they have to decide, are they hearing the sound of the shofar? Or are they hearing the sound of the echo? Aval oton ha'omdim babor yotsu. But those who are standing inside the pit, they are definitely yotze, because we say they are hearing the sound of the shofar, but they are not hearing the echo. Tanya Namihachi, we've learned the same thing in a brighter. Hatokea l'tochabor, or l'tochadut, somebody who blows into a pit or into a cistern. Yatsa, he has fulfilled his obligation. Vahatnan, but we've learned in another Mishnah, lo yatsa. They haven't fulfilled his obligation. How can we reconcile the two? And the answer is, this is what the Mishnah means. But rather, you learn, like Rav Huna said, that if you're inside the pit, you're Yodse. If you're outside the pit and you're hearing the echo, you're not Yodse. And there are those who teach the same thing, 
but by literally throwing up and contrasting a Mishnah and a Brita. The Mishnah says, Tanan, <coughs> If you blow into a pit or into a cistern, you're not Yotze. Vahatanya, but we've learned in a Brita, Yotze, you are Yotze. Um, Rav, Huna, Rav Huna says, Lo kasha. in this way of learning it, Rav Huna doesn't say it by himself, but he says it in response to this contradiction between the Mishnah and the Brita. Same halacha, same learning, it's just a slightly different way we get there. In this version, Rav Huna says, in regards to that apparent contradiction, Lo kasha. Kan la otan ha'omdim al-safat ha'bor, kan la otan ha'omdim b'bor. Here, when we say, you are not Yotzeh, that is when, for those who are standing on the edge of the pit, and the Mishnah, sorry, the Brisa that said you are Yotze, refers to those standing in the pit. Rava Shema. Sorry, Omar Rava. Rava said, Shema, Mixat Tekia Babor, U Mixat Tekia Al Safat Habor, Yatza. Now we get to an interesting classical Talmudic. Um, analysis. What happens if you heard some of the uh, chauffeur inside the pit, where we've said that you are Yotze, and then some of it outside the pit, which says that you're not Yotze? What's the din? And the answer is Yotze. Now, what we're going to do later is explain what exactly is the circumstance. But it sounds like you're in the pit and then you climb out the pit. Or, Mixat Tekiah Kodem Shiala Omatashacha. Now, the earliest time you can be Yotze blowing the shofar is daybreak. When is daybreak? Well, Lachatchila, we say that's sunrise. But B'dyevet, we say it's called Alot HaShachar, the earliest rays of the sun, uh, just when it begins to lighten up in the eastern horizon. This morning it's about quarter past five. And that is the earliest time for blowing the shofar. So what happens if you heard some notes before, some of the tekiah rather, before quarter past five, and it was a long tekiah, and it carried on after quarter past five. What's the din? The din is, Mixat tekiah kodem shi'ala l'tavashacha, u mixat tekiah l'acha shi'ala omatashacha, lo yatsa. You are not yatsa. So we're given two situations where you, part of the note is in a forbidden situation, and part of the note is in a kosher situation. With the pit, you're yatsa. With the dawn, you're not yatsa. So Amar Le'abaya, my Shana. What Rabbi said? What's the difference? Hatam to be'ina kula tekiah v'chiyuva v'lecha. In that case, you need surely all of the tekiah in a situation of obligation v'lecha, um, and it, you haven't got it because the um, it's the sun hasn't risen. Hachanami be'ina kula tekiah v'chiyuva v'lecha. Here also in the pit. You need to have all of the tekiah in a situation of obligation, and you haven't got it. So why is there a different din? Answers the Gemara, hachi hashta. Do you really think they're the same thing? Hatam, in the case of dawn, Laila loves zaman chiyuva hu klal. Nighttime, before olot hashacha, before the first rays of dawn, it's not a time of chiyuv, of obligation of blowing the shofar at all. There is no such thing as blowing the shofar at night. It just doesn't happen. But hachar bor makum chiyuvahu. But here the pit is a place of blowing, where you're obliged to blow the shofar. And you can be yotze. It just turns out that under some circumstances you don't hear it properly, so you're not Yotze. But it's not an intrinsically non-Chiyuv place or time, 
like the dawn situation was. That's how the Gemara answers the question. So, Makom Chiyuva Hu Omdim Babor. Sorry, it is at least a place of Chiyuv for those who are standing in the pit. Now, the next few lines will be eerily familiar to those who were here last night. The Gemara then says, you're telling me that if you hear the beginning of the blowing in the pit, when you're Yotze, and, that, and then you get out the pit, and you don't hear the rest of the blowing when you're in, in the pit, and you're now out the pit, so you don't hear it properly, which, and you're still Yotze, which means you've heard the beginning, but not the end, and you're Yotze. Lememra, does that mean to say, the Sava Rabba, that Rabba, who brought this halacha, he holds, Shema Sov Tekiah, below Tekila Tekiah Yotze. I'm sorry, I've got the other way around. Does that mean that Rabba holds, if you hear the end of the Tekiah, without the beginning of the Tekiah, you are Yotze? Even though, this is interesting, because he said, the, the, if you look at the top of the page, Shema Mixat Tekiah Babor, or Mixat Tekiah Al Safat Habor. Um, which I presume means the first part was in the pit, where you can hear where you are, Yodze, and the second part is outside the pit. But for some reason, Rabba, uh, the Gemara uh, assumes that Rabba means it the other way around. Well, the starting point is, if you heard soft Tekiah, the end of the Tekiah, below Tekila Tekiah, without the beginning of the Tekiah, Yodze, that makes you Yodze. Now then, and you'll recognize this from our discussion last night, Umi Mela, and then it follows Tekila Tekiah, below soft Tekiah, Yodze. But if you heard the beginning of the Tekiah without the end of the Tekiah, you are also Yotze. That seems to be Rabba's position. But that's problematic because Toshma, here comes a, uh, well, let's try and resolve this, that's what Toshma means, with the following Brisa. Uh, or is it a Mishnah? Uh, it's a Mishnah. No, it's not, it's a Brisa. Takaba Rishona Umeshech Bashniya Kishtayim. So we talked this about this last night because we had exactly the same Gemara last night. Um, when we blow the shofar, we blow a takia. Let's take the simple case. We start by blowing takia, shavarim teruah takia, and then takia shavarim teruah takia. So in the middle, you have a takia followed by a takia. What happens if you just blew one takia double length? Does that count as two takiot? And that's the case here. Takab rishona, you blew the first takia umeshech b'shnia. And you drew it into the second twice as long. You only get one tekiah. And why? Based on what we've just been saying, it should count as two. And the answer is, We don't count one tekiah. We don't split one tekiah into two separate bits. So, uh, we try to refute the idea that the beginning without the end or the end without the beginning is sufficient, but we didn't actually refute it because we actually brought a case which was irrelevant because it was about cutting one into two, which is not really our case. Let's try again. Toshma, come and listen. The same Mishnah that we've now seen a few times. If you blew into a pit or you blew into a cistern or into a big barrel, im kol shofa shama. Yatsa, if you heard the voice of the shofar, you're Yatsa. Vim kol havara, shama lo Yatsa. But if you heard the voice of the echo, you're not Yatsa. Va am I? Why not? Why are you not Yatsa if you heard the voice of the echo? Because after all, the echo doesn't come instantaneously. There is a very short gap where you're just hearing the shofar before you're hearing the, shofar, the, the echo. So is that not good enough? Because after all, it's the beginning of the note without the end of the note. 
with the beginning of the tekiah before you have mixed in the other sound of the echo. And that is a good question. That is a question to knock out our understanding of what's going on. So when we thought that Rabba was talking about a case where you started in the pit and then you, the listener, got out the pit and you heard the beginning of the shofar in the pit and you heard the rest of the shofar outside of the pit, Rabba said that was okay, which implied that the beginning without the end is okay. That was all wrong. That's not what Rabba was talking about. So now let's see what Rabba was talking about. Kikama Rabba Rabba was talking about somebody's blowing the shofar in the pit and then the blower got up out of the pit. So the blower and the shofar are always in the same place. The blower heard it in the pit and he's Yodze because he's blowing himself. And then he walks up out of the pit. Of course he's still Yodze because there's no problem. There's no problem in the pit because he's the one listening and there's no problem out of the pit because now he's out of the pit. The shofar's out of the pit. So the Gemara says, Ihaki, if that's the case, minor membra, what do we need to be told this for? What is this saying? It's obvious that he's Yodse if that's the circumstance. The answer is, Mahotatema, you might have thought. Zimnin de Mafik Reshe, sometimes his head emerges for Akati Shofar Babor, but the shofar is still in the pit. So, you know, your head starts about here, the chauffeur's about here, but if this is the line of the pit, there is a moment when your ears are above the surface, but the chauffeur's still below the surface. You might have thought that's a problem, but it turns out, uh, you might have thought that when, you're, when the ears are out, but the chauffeur's still in, you've got a mixture of voices. Turns out that it's okay. We're not worried about the gap between your ears and the chauffeur being that much as you're ascending from the pit. And that is a good place to stop because the next section is a quite different subject. So we will stop there, right in the middle of Kavchet Omad Aleph. Now, I can't do tomorrow night. I have a Scopus Executive meeting, which is...